and during that time you know over the 20 year period um I really learned to have grace for other people. You don't know other people's stories. You have no idea, you know, someone could be homeless on the streets and you have no idea if they just lost their daughter. Hey guys, this is Janelle Myers from Manifest Movement and I want to thank you guys so much for being a part of a community of people sharing our stories in hopes that we can empower one another. I have Sylvia Miliano here with me today. She's an amazing person who went from being a single homeless mom for four years to now promoting financial awareness and helping people from all walks of life get control of their financial needs. This question for you is, in the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most, has most improved your life? most improved my life i would say in the last five years would be um the way that i wake up i think a habit of how i get up and the first thing that i do um i've noticed the how you start your day affects your whole day and create and then that's where habits are created so I, uh, a couple years ago, I started getting anxiety as a special ed teacher. I would check my emails first thing in the morning, and I started having panic attacks. Wow. And I wasn't really connecting the two that it was from the emails. Mm-hmm. And so I started figuring out, like, how I started my day really affected my whole day. So I would say that is, like, the biggest thing. So what are your top three morning rituals right now for to, imp- to help improve your day? So when I get up, um, I get up right away and I put my uh, running clothes on and then I go run for 10-15 minutes. I listen to motivation or books like audios and literally it's 10-15 minutes so it's not really I'm doing it to really like lose weight it's more of to get my my mind straight and then yeah and then uh I also go and sit by my pool and I um I would say pray and meditate about five minutes and so I would say those are the top three things cool um so when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused looking at back at like your past or whatever how or um or have lost your focus temporarily what do you do to overcome that um, i would say that exercise has always helped me in every aspect of walking running lifting weights um kind of clearing my mind and then also uh writing writing and and reading and um, it would take my focus off of all the negative and then really uh, focus on what I needed to focus on and get my brain straight. Do you write about, like, how you're feeling? And Yeah, I write about what's going on, what am I feeling, why am I feeling this, you know, how did it, how did I get to this point? I'm huge on accountability. So I feel like if you're winning in life, it's your fault. If you're losing in life, it's your fault. And then taking accountability and then doing something about it. Sometimes you have to speak it or get it on paper um, in order to, to get through it.
Um, what are about like one to three books that have like greatly influenced your life or changed the way that you think? Um, the first one is actually. Um, can't think of the name of it. Hold on. I think it's Mindset of a Billionaire. Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Sorry. Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. uh, Relentless. And... Those are the top two. I know a lot of John Maxwell um, leadership books would probably fill in that third gap. Or third one. Why have they changed your life? Or how have they changed? I would say the secrets of the millionaire mind, how I think about money. Um, it talks about your blueprint is is important to be successful in life. And uh, money is kind of up there with oxygen mm-hmm. and everything is with money. So if you don't know or if you don't have your mind right when it comes to money it's impossible to be successful what do you consider your blueprint well you know I'm in the transition of of changing my blueprint but my original blueprint is I hated money and I didn't want to have nothing to do with money and I looked at money as almost evil and I don't really want to have anything to do with it. So thinking that way, naturally... Is there um, a reason as to why you thought that way? Because you need it for everything, and it used to just make me angry that I didn't have it. Mm-hmm. And it's just that lack mentality. When you're, when you're homeless and, you're, and you're, you're poor, and it's like that's what you need for everything, and, you know, you hear growing up like what do you think money grows on trees and you just hear all these negative things about money um it i honestly believe it sets people up for failure and then you know the, now i work in financial services so i love money and money loves me and so now i have different blueprint and i'm transitioning my thoughts and and so that that's why that book has and it's continuing to to change my blueprint and the way that I think about life. And now I, you know, transitioned from a special ed teacher to working in financial services. So it's exciting. Cool. Um, what is one of the best or, or most worthwhile investments you've ever made? So this could be like um, time, money, energy, whatever mm-hmm. you consider is like the most worthwhile investments that helped you get to where you're at today? I would say um, resigning from the school district and transitioning into financial services. It's really created um, a different thought pattern for my life and the direction I'm going. And honestly, my life is just starting. And now I get to pass that on to my kids and generations to come. So I would say it's a huge, huge investment. Yes, I could continue teaching and be broke for the next 30 years and then teach my kids how to be broke. 
or I can invest in myself and invest in my business and invest in my family and get a huge, huge return out of it and um, have residual passive income, not only for myself, but for my kids and my kids and my grandkids to come. Yeah. Are there any quotes that you often live by or um, you think of often? Uh, I would say the one that I say the most is people don't um, plan to fail, they fail to plan. And I think people just kind of go through life and have no idea where they're going. And again, I teach financial literacy and I use the analogy of I help families put a financial GPS together. It's like even for you to get from where you were to here, you didn't just jump in the car and start driving west. Mm -hmm. Like you needed to know, hey, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm going. Yet people get in their vehicle for life and they have no idea where they're going. They've never been out of debt before. They've never been retirement yeah. before. And they think, and they're surprised. It's it's really hilarious that people are surprised that they're in a lot of debt, surprised that they have no money, and surprised that really they have nothing to offer their kids. A lot of people are like that right now. I think it's yeah. the common norm to be in debt, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's, it's like it's like, oh you can just pick take out a credit card and it that's like the norm now, right? So it's like Yeah. It's good that you're teaching everyone this. Um what is the most like common mistake that you see everyone doing with financials with their financials? Um I would say the most common is any extra money that people have, they don't realize how interest rates work against them. So even if people get a bonus or get an extra $100 here or there, they feel like they're, like if they say you pay $300 on your car payment mm -hmm. and then you pay $400 or or 350 you're really not even touching the principal. You're really just paying the interest. And I see so many people not, um, they're just guessing. People are guessing, and yeah. they don't have a um, financial advisor. They don't have software. Um, but honestly, it's it's not their fault. Um, you know, it's just like people going back to school. And I love school, and I think school is cool. And I have a master's, I have a bachelor's, but I also owe $138,000. Wow. So, and teachers, I make $900 every two weeks. Oh, wow. So what I make here in um, this financial firm, what I make in two hours is what I make in two weeks of teaching. So I would say the first thing is people are guessing and they don't really have a financial advisor or software to really help them navigate, again, because they have no idea what they're doing. Two is they think the answers are credit cards or going back to school so they're just getting themselves in more debt and and again it's not that I hate school I love school and I would never take away my education but when you're graduating with a mortgage and you have no house it's like okay <laughs> yeah. uh is it really is, was it really worth $138,000 when I'm getting a check every two weeks $900 I mean most teachers have three four jobs and then they're married to a teacher. So if you have two teachers that are married and they even have two, three kids, they have at least three to maybe six jobs. That's 
That's crazy. Just to raise a family of four or five. Do you think that once, you know, you've obviously worked with, like, a bunch of people that have gone out of debt and that, like, you know, transform monetarily, do you believe that it's also transformed their soul in a way and, like, the way that, like, their bad habits? Yes, absolutely. I honestly believe it, it transforms their blueprint. And they start thinking about money differently. They, they start um, making decisions differently. When you have a 401k and you know that you're going to retire and you have a plan, you're less likely to just go blow money. You'd rather, you, you start thinking. I know when I started learning all this, I'm like, I was paying almost $200 in cable. When I found out what $200 could do in a retirement plan, averaging 9% you know, rate of return of 20, even 20 years, 200,000 or so, you're like, what? I don't need cable that bad. Yeah. And then, so you start thinking differently, you start making decisions differently, and you you have hope um, and, and light at the end of the tunnel. And so when people start seeing success and, and um, start seeing the fruits of, you know, investing in, in fruits of, of not being in debt. Um, there's some, some type of joy that people carry with them. Absolutely. Cool. Um, what are the best life-changing behaviors and attitudes you've adapted that help dramatically change or alter your life? Since you went from being homeless, you know, like that was obviously like a huge behavior or attitude change mm -hmm. since you were there for so long. I would say the biggest thing is giving people grace uh, and uh, forgiveness. I, I've been hurt and I've been um, judged my whole life. I've been disowned by my family. I've um, There's a lot of bad things that have happened to me. And what I learned that if I didn't forgive people and I was angry, I couldn't move forward in my life. If I was angry and um, just mad at at the world and played a victim, I could not move forward in my life. I had to forgive. I had to move on. And during that time, you know, over the 20-year period, um, I really learned to have grace for other people. You don't know other people's stories. You have no idea, you know, someone could be homeless on the streets and you have no idea if they just lost their daughter you know, in a car accident, and maybe they, they were making 100000 a year, and then they lost their daughter and just lost their whole life. Like, we don't know people's stories. So people are so quick to, to jump to conclusions and judge. judge people. And it's one of, the, one of the things that I'm passionate about is everyone has a story, and we are all created for a reason, and our story is not for ourselves. Our story is to help other people. And I honestly... And it took me 20 years to realize that, you know, and I, I walk with joy and I, I, as I walk this earth, I have a lot of grace for people, I have a lot of patience and I have a lot of love for people. But it's only because how I've been treated and I know that I didn't like to be judged and a lot of, even my own family, to be disowned at the age of, you know, 17 years old, walking into a grocery store, you see your grandma, your uncle and your aunt and they just turn away and act like they've never seen you. In the Asian culture, um, I'm half Asian and half Spanish, they disown you. Yeah. It's very black and white. It's either you do what you're supposed to do or you're not my daughter. And, you know, at that point I didn't really care because I was 17 thinking that I knew everything. 
but um, it doesn't feel good. It it doesn't feel good, and I th I just think that over the years is something that I just um, it's natural now. Something that I've grew over the years. Yeah. Um, what is one of the most important failures in your life, and what was the first thing that you did? Uh, well, I have so many. <laughs> I would I would say the biggest thing that. Um, failure, I don't know, there are just so many. One that stands out that I know that, um, when I was in college, I found out, well, first, when I went to college, I knew I wanted to be a teacher because I, I didn't really know what else I was going to do, and I'm really good with kids, and that's, you know, I've always been babysitting, I've always been around kids, I did internships in high school, so I just kind of knew... I was going to fall into something around kids and being a single mom, you know, it sounds ideal to have, you know, same schedule as your, as your kids. So I, I was like, I'm going to go to school to be a teacher. So went to school to be a teacher and I realized I didn't learn like everybody else. And I really, I almost dropped out the first semester um, because I really, it was like lecture test, lecture test, and I was failing and I almost failed out my first semester and uh, um, come to find out that I had specific learning disabilities. And so to have specific learning disabilities, um, you have to work harder. And so there were some accommodations that I would receive, like taking your test in a testing center, getting, you know, two hours extra on top of the test, um, I don't know, similar stuff like that. And it really helped me get through school. And so... At first, it was like, how can I become a teacher if I can't even learn myself? It was very discouraging of, like, yeah. this is kind of <laughs> embarrassing. It's, I don't want anyone to know. But it's crazy how it worked out because when I would talk with the other students in class, they were very envious of me. They're like, I wish I could take a test in the testing center because I, I can't focus, you know. And a lot of kids were saying that, it would help them. Yeah. And so um, I started looking at it. Well, maybe it's not that bad. Maybe I'm not, you know, dumb. It's just I learned differently. So I accepted it and I ended up graduating. And it did take me eight years to get my bachelor's degree. Um, and so that's another reason why I owe so much. Um, not all of it was full-time, but I did five years part-time and then three years full-time. But it's crazy because... Um, I ended up into into special education and got my master's in special needs. Oh wow! And now I'm gonna open a school. Oh, that's great. So, so I used my failure, um, well, I thought was a failure, to really excel, and I I don't know. So that I would say that's one of my biggest biggest one. I have lots of failures. I've failed my whole life. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of the biggest ones. Yeah. What are some of the, um, I guess similar to the first, what are some of the most important lessons that you've learned from your multiple failures? Mm. Uh, I would say that I, the number one thing that I've learned is not to base decisions off your life circumstances, and it's, it all boils down to a decision. And like your emotions, right? Yes. So it's like, okay, well, I want to be a teacher. So being a teacher, even though I found out I had learning disabilities, 
that was not going to get in my way of getting my degrees. But why did I want to get my degrees? I wanted to get my degrees because it equaled self-sufficiency. I used the system. I was on food stamps and everything that I could get to get my degrees. But the reason I wanted to get my degrees was so that I could have a, a good job and to be self-sufficient. And so finding out that I have specific learning disabilities, that was life circumstances and not to beat me up and how can I use this and do what I need to do and make that decision I'm going to do whatever it takes there's sometimes I had to take a class two three times because wow. you have to pass it with a certain grade and I kept taking it and I would get a D and then take it again I would get a C and like take it I literally took classes like three or four times because I needed that class for that credit wow, to pass funny. and so not everyone's willing to do that yeah, so how long did it take you to get your master's? Two years. Two years. So I would, 10 years total, my my bachelor's and my that's master's. A, that's a, um, the normal time, though. The two years? Master's. Yeah, to get your master's. Yeah, because they, yeah, and, and that was, I mean, I graduated um, 2008 in my bachelor's, and I started 2000. And then, and my life was a lot different back then. So I graduated 2008, and then I started working for a school district. And so my life, um, I overcame a lot by then. And so I was already set up where I, I was living decent. Um, I had my own home. I wasn't in a bad environment anymore. Yeah. So my life was a lot different. It was a different uh, platform. And so I was actually working as a special ed teacher at the same time as doing my, I was doing an internship program at um, Grand Canyon University. So I was going full time as a special ed teacher, and I was doing full time as an intern oh, wow. student. And they were paying me to do it at the same time, and I have three kids at the same time. Oh wow! Yeah. So, but, but the thing is, is because I experienced eight years of hell, of craziness, because I, you know, went through uh, abusive relationships. Um, verbal and physical my ex um was a drug addict and alcoholic and started using drugs with my mom and my sister and um so I was in a really really bad environment where everyone's doing drugs and alcohol um and uh how did you change that environment it was a decision uh one day I mean I, I I have different seasons of my life, but when I decided, you know, I want to finish school, I want to pursue a career and change my life, um, is the day I told them I can't have you in my life, um, and I stopped talking to them, and it was really hard when it's your mom and your sister and they live three doors down from you. Um, they called me names, um, they ganged up on me. Uh, there's I have a lot of horror stories and when your ex that you have two children from is two doors down with your mom and sister and all three of them are teaming up on you um, it's it's not it wasn't it wasn't fun it, it, it was one of the hardest things that I've had to do was detach from the three people that I loved but again when you make a decision that you want to get something done, life circumstances is not going to take you away from that. So I knew for my kids, I needed to get these degrees. And as much as I love my mom, my sister, 
and their dad, that wasn't going to take me away from my drive to finishing school. So I literally told them, I'm finishing school. This is what I'm focusing on. And I need, I need you guys. I, I can't help you. I'm not giving you money. Like, I can love on them. I love them. But I detached from them with love. Even though they didn't think it was love, it was love. And so it lasted about three, four years. Wow. Yeah. So they fully forgave you. Yeah. Well, no, they still haven't forgiven me. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, my sister's so angry. and Yeah. Um, what is your why to doing everything that you're doing currently with writing your book, starting your school, uh, doing your own business? Mm-hmm. Um, bringing awareness to financial, like, what is your why? That's a good question. Uh, you know, originally my why was to be self-sufficient for my kids. And I wanted to give them the best. I didn't want them to struggle. And uh, then my why changed when I arrived, or I thought I arrived. And I, you know, I got the house, I, I got the career, I, I got everything. And I was still struggling. Not the way I was struggling. It was a different kind of struggling. Because now it's like, okay, well, now that you make 42000 a year, you don't get food stamps anymore. You don't get this anymore. And so um, what ended up happening, though, was no one taught me how to budget. No one taught me how to pay bills. Because, honestly, I really never had bills. And if I did, it was really, really low. And... I would get a lot of money from social services, my loans, Pell Grants, and no one really taught me. And so I, that's what really changed my why. It was like I did everything I was supposed to do. I got my degrees. I did everything to get from poverty to middle America, and I'm still struggling. How can I make $900 every two weeks with a master's and a bachelor's degree. I mean, on paper it says you I make about sixteen, maybe seventeen hundred, but after you take out taxes, taxes retirement, and medical, literally I wasn't clearing a thousand dollars. It was nine hundred dollars every two weeks. And that's really where the financial awareness came. It was like, This is crazy. Like for someone who fought so hard to get from poverty to middle class thinking this was gonna be the best ever I felt lied to I felt very bitter of like I'm not gonna live like this for the next 30 years and so I ended up learning you know finding out myself you know putting a whole financial game plan together for myself as I was talking to other co-workers friends and as I started developing relationships I realized no one had a plan and like you said it is common people are in debt people are just lost and they and it's just like I didn't know that middle class was what it is I was looking at it totally different so that has become my why of like okay where's the education where's the education 30 years ago people used to get a good job and you could get benefits and you could retire because there was a pension now there is no pensions now they're, you know, inflation's increasing. So I started looking at, like, the education part of things. Like, where is the education for just the next generation? And then it goes back to my kids, okay? So what are my kids? Are my kids going to follow me? And then my kids' kids and kids. And you start looking at just 
people in, in general and generations to come. Mm-hmm. And along the way, I got passionate about helping the whole world of, like, let's get, you know, the education. I found I found the gap in the bridge from poverty to middle class, and now I'm looking at, okay, middle class, where's that bridge and gap to getting wealthy? Why is it that wealthy people continue to get wealthier and the poor continue to get poor? Like, you look at the three, and it's, it's there's no transition. And so I would say my, my why is, um, has transitioned to uh, really looking to um, help others, you know, succeed in life and help their family and, their, and help them change their family tree.